Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to the Film Girlies podcast. This is Fiona in the editing room. Emily and I talked for way too long about the Oscar nominations, so we have to split the episode in half. So please enjoy this first half of our Oscar nominations conversation, and we'll see you for the second half in a few days. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everyone. My name is Emily. Today I'm here with Fiona. Welcome back to the Film Girlies podcast. Today we're talking oscar nomination reactions oscar nominations came out just last week and we're here to discuss some of the nominations in the major categories and kind of give our thoughts and opinions on them because that's what we do here yes just in general before we get into the category specifically any how you feeling if thumbs up thumbs in the middle thumbs (laughs) down if you had to give a thumbs rating. A thumbs rating. I would say, yeah. like, in the middle. I think a lot of my favorites from the year were um, recognized. Like, half my favorites were recognized and half were completely ignored. I'm talking not even a single, like, pity nomination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which sucks. And there was just some questionable things going on at the Academy. The Academy never knows what's going on. That's okay. But, yeah, we are both um, – we've decided that we're Oscars experts – um, our qualifications yes. are that for the last few years, we have gone on the mission of watching every single Best Picture nomination so we can be fully ready to be angry when what we want to win does not win. Um, yes. So we, you know, we watch the Oscars and we we know mm-hmm. what we're... I remember I, for, I love award shows in general. I know the whole premise of them is actually kind of really problematic. If you think about it, yay, rich people awarding other rich people for doing (laughs) rich people things. Yay. But I like seeing movies that I enjoyed get rewarded. And I like seeing people in pretty outfits. So you know what? I enjoy, I enjoy a good award show. I remember when I was watching these as like a child though. (laughs) And I would just be like, I don't even know why I watched them. Because I would go for like, the animated feature category. I would get, I'd be like, oh my god, I saw that movie. And then that was it. But I still I still made my parents watch all of the Academy Awards and Golden Globes. Like that was still on the TV. No matter what. I did the same thing. I think it was like yeah. the seeing like celebrities interact with each other in like such a casual way still. Um, I'll be like watching and two like completely random people will be like hugging between commercials and I'm like you guys know each other but you're not in the same movie you know like that (laughs) I just think it's really fun to like watch and like I watched I've probably watched like the last like seven Oscars I'm guessing and I've only really paid attention to the movies being nominated for the past I'd say four or five there's a few years where I like knew most recognized most of the movies but like hadn't seen all of them um but now we're ready I saw um, I'll get my stats right now. I've seen yeah. nine out of the ten Best Picture nominees already. Um, almost all in theaters. So that was pretty cool. I felt very, um, I felt like I was like, like a psychic. I just like, I had looked for these movies anyway. Cause I thought they looked interesting and then I saw them and then they were nominated. And so that gave me like a big, like ego boost personally. That's okay. <laughs> I have only seen out of the Best Picture nominations, which we'll go over them later. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen Tar, I've seen Elvis, and I've seen Everything Everywhere all at once. And I, But I have also seen Babylon, 
which we'll talk about later. Oh my god. And Blonde, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I unfortunately saw Blonde mm-hmm. like something. That's okay. I unfortunately have seen Blonde and it was nominated for something. So it, it goes on the list. Okay. I'm sure yeah. Fiona's also seen other movies that are nominated for other categories, but Fiona's doing a lot better. Paul than Mescal. I am. Paul Mescal in After Sun. You haven't got there yet, Fiona. Oh my god. When did you watch After, After Sun really recently though, right? I like, was, was I've been waiting for it to like come out on like something I could watch it on and I finally found a way to watch it. So I watched it like over the weekend. Um yeah, so I'd seen most of them before. Um I watched Women Talking over the weekend after the nominations came out, meaning to watch it anyway. And then I also watched After yeah. Sun as well. So I've seen like a few of like the ones on the outskirts of the best picture race. But yeah. Um we thought we could start with going over some of the technical categories and our fonts. So our first one's gonna be original score, because we love movie soundtracks. Emily, what's your favorite movie soundtrack ever? Oh, ever period yeah and it can't um, be like musical singing soundtrack it's like original score soundtrack oh you because i was gonna say it's actually probably the prince of egypt but a lot of that is singing score so i can't answer okay. with that what's my favorite score that's a great question i really like justin Hurwitz's work in La La Land, I loved his work in Babylon, which we're going to get to right away, um, and his work in Whiplash. So I think he's one of my favorite composers. And I also love the score in Wes Anderson movies. They're very specific, but they work to really create the mood. I don't know the composer's name, so my apologies. But uh, yeah, I think that's my, those are my those are my thinks on that for now nice. those are some of my favorites fiona what's your favorite score um this the social network original score by trent reznor and atticus ross i have hand covered bruise it's like running through my veins at all times it's close second would be the blade runner 2049 soundtrack yeah those two sound scores are incredible okay so the nominees for best original score this year are All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. Um, I've seen four of these, and only one of them I can say that the score was tr- like truly stood out to me personally. I've seen Babylon and Everything Everywhere All at Once, and okay, Fiona and I are gonna. We should have prefaced this earlier, but I'm going to preface it now. With the categories, we're going to be playing almost a little game of who we want to win as people with our personal biases and (laughs) who we think is going to win, who we think the Academy is going to pick for this award, and who should win. Because sometimes who I want to win isn't always who should win. That's, you know, that's the way it is. So for this category, Fiona. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to win? I want Justin Hurwitz to win for Babylon. I think that score is so absolutely incredible. It captures the whole energy of the movie so well. And the way he samples bits of the La La Land soundtrack in it mm-hmm. is just out of this world. I was in that theater and I was like, oh my gosh. It like elevated the whole movie to like a whole different level. I will, I listen to the score like for fun. Like it's like so much fun to listen to, you know? What about you? 
I completely agree. Babylon <laughs> is uh, again. I've only ever I've only seen one of the other movies in this category. Babylon is a clear front runner to me in terms of score serving the story and score just from a like a mus a musical standpoint as well. It's carefully crafted. It evokes emotion and it's rhythmically complex and beautiful to listen to i you know coming as a musician that's why that's why i have one qualification in this podcast and that's when we talk about scores i'm a, I'm a music <laughs> student and yeah it's just it's a clear front runner for me that score suits the movie so well and it really works and it's a gorgeous rich score so that's who i would like to see win the category yeah, I think going to sorry. I'll, I ahead. think Babylon is my want to win and should win. Um, I didn't find obviously John Williams. John Williams is an iconic composer, and his work in the Fablemans was like good. And the Banshees of Inisherin, and I didn't notice it as much. But also, like I wasn't focused on it. And then I love Sun Lux. I think their music's gorgeous, but also like I just didn't. It didn't stand out to me as like a major part of everything everywhere. And so I think. I haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front yet, um, so maybe this will change. But yeah, I think I honestly think Babylon is the front runner as well. Yeah, I completely agree in that. I think that Babylon should win, but I also want it to win. Mm -hmm. Now the age-old question: Who is gonna win? Who's gonna win? Honestly, I have no clue. I feel like Justin Hurwitz will take it because the Academy has given him an award before and so and he deserves it so I'm not mad mm -hmm. but at the same time I feel like they might if the Fablemans doesn't pick up anywhere else they'll probably give it to John Williams as like a pity Oscar for the Fablemans and then I can also see everything everywhere maybe taking it but yeah I can yeah again I haven't seen the Fablemans but I can I can totally see everything everywhere taking it because I, I do think that is also a strong score that also serves the story as well. If it took it, I would be mildly disappointed that Babylon didn't get it. But I think, yeah. I think mm -hmm. it could be Babylon, though. Like, in gen like you were saying, they already gave him an Oscar. And also, they didn't, they need to give Babylon something. They can't just, they can't award Damien Chazelle Best Director in 2016, make all of us La La Land fans go through the Best Picture debacle, and then never acknowledge how incredible Damien Chazelle is again. Because they, I haven't seen First Man yet, so I don't know if it was deserving of Oscars, but it's Damien Chazelle, so I'm assuming it was. Um, they ignored that, I'm pretty sure, in most categories. And now they're um, also erasing Babylon from the narrative. Not fair. Babylon Hive rise. Fiona and I are Babylon Hive. If you didn't know this before, you know it now. We will, we're both big fans of the movie and we'll be defending it. I saw someone on Twitter say it's the new Boogie Nights and it's never made more sense as to why I love it. You, I don't, you haven't seen Boogie Nights, but it's very, it's yet. a lot like Boogie Nights where it's just like people doing drugs in a yeah. giant film-ish industry, Boogie Nights is the porn industry, but it's close enough to the film industry. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. There's just drugs and craziness and crimes and yeah. movies, and it's awesome and fun and good music. But yeah, okay, so that's our original score. 
Um, next is cinematography. I have so many thoughts about cinematography. Fiona does have a lot of thoughts on this category, so I feel like she'll end up taking the reign on it. But Fiona, read us, read us the nomination. Okay. Um, nominations are All Quiet on the Western Front, um, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. <sighs> may I speak? You may speak. First off, <laughs> wait. <laughs> you may, and then I interrupt you. How many of the movies in this category have you seen? I have seen two. Um, I am planning to watch all quiet on the western front and then i haven't decided if i'm gonna watch bardo yet yeah and i'm not watching empire of light well you've also seen elvis that was yeah i've seen elvis and tar and then the other three i have not seen um but i have seen pictures of all of them and you know what else i have seen i've seen the batman and let me tell you right now there is not a single movie on this list of five movies that deserves to be here over the batman why is that, Fiona? I'm not saying I haven't seen the Batman. I don't disagree. It's... I know. Tell us why. Um, so when you think superhero movie, you think classical, like, like it's just like plain. It's like very gray. I do love these movies, but also they can be pretty boring. They're not made in ex- like extremely amazing ways. It's just shot, reverse shot. People talking, lighting is probably so dark you can't see. <laughs> and it's not like done in a different cool way. And then the Batman literally spectacular the colors are so incredible the silhouettes of him in the dark um every single shot of him just stepping out of the darkness and the shadows you never know when he is going to come out and that's the beauty of the cinematography in the movie is that he's always just you know batman is always around because you can feel the darkness of like the movie and i have a handful of shots i can list right now that are better than you know what all three hours of Batman are better than that one single scene in Elvis when Tom Hanks is cruising around in his CGI casino. I'm going to burn that CGI casino down to the ground. <laughs> what are some of the- <laughs> I literally hate Tom Hanks' CGI casino. I think about it every single day. It's not a for an Oscar, Emily. <laughs> 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 Okay, the Batman. Um, the one shot from that was in the trailer and then also in the movie, of course. Um, a car is flipped upside down and then it's shot, you see in the rear view mirror, um, upside down shot of Batman strolling towards the car. It's the most menacing thing I've ever seen. I will literally send you the clip because it's incredible. Number two, Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne on like the rooftop at sunset. I will also send you that once you have a reference. It's like a beautiful silhouette. The sky is just like a beautiful shade of like orangey yellow and it's so beautiful. Silhouette shot, incredible. And then also the big, like the third act of the movie, Batman has like a red torch and he's like leading these citizens through the water to safety. And it's such a gorgeous shot. The whole movie is shot so beautifully. And you know what? It's not shot in a CGI casino. It's a CGI casino hate club. I have more <laughs> Go. to say about this category. Do it. Um, I do love Tar. I think Tar is an incredible movie. I would not say it is known for its cinematography whatsoever. I think it's really well shot, and I think it's really well made. But literally, 
they are doing incredible things. You know who's doing incredible things? Tom Cruise with his five planes stuck inside, his five cameras stuck inside one little plane driving around in the air. That's, Top Gun Maverick is also incredibly shot. Why are we ignoring well-shot action movies? Nope. So well-shot. Literally incredible. Completely agree with the nope. With the the lack of the nope nomination in this category also boils my blood. The cinematography in that movie is stellar. And it, again, I loved Tar. Didn't love Elvis as much, but in the sake of being objective, yes, they had there were interesting shots in that movie. I wouldn't say the cinematography was bad. I am, however, saying that it wasn't as good as other movies that didn't end up getting nominated. Yes. Does that make sense? I think yeah. I this correct. Um, yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front was probably nominated because it's a war movie, and I feel like I haven't watched a war movie that has bad cinematography. Like, they're all incredible to watch because it makes you feel the scope of it. Um, I haven't seen anything about Bardo, so I really can't comment on that. Empire of Light, I'm pretty sure, was only nominated because Roger Deakins was the cinematographer, and everyone knows he is the king of cinematography. Um, so that's yeah. why it's there. Don't know how Elvis like- got there. Don't know how Elvis got there at all. I feel as though there's usually at least one war movie in all the technical categories every couple years at least. The last one I remember, I don't know if there's a war movie like specifically the last two years. The last one I remember is 1917. That Mm -hmm. did fairly well for a good reason. I quite, I thought that was a really strong movie it deserved its best cinematography i'm pretty sure it either won or was it was definitely nominated but it deserved that because it was like very well shot um i don't i haven't seen all quiet so i don't know but um yeah i'm very angry about this entire category i think that they ignored a lot of interesting work that's being done and i think they went with the safe options and if safe now means tom hanks in a cgi casino i want to be i want to be i want to be dangerous i'm in the danger zone where is top gun maverick dangerous she's dangerous in terms of who we want to win in this category no one i no i don't have any strong opinions on who i want to win or who should i don't really have any strong opinions on that fiona if elvis wins I will never shut up about it. I will start hate-tweeting Austin Butler more than I already do. And it's not even his fault that the cinematography was like that. <laughs> but it is... <laughs> you're gonna... yeah, Austin Butler, the cinematography was awful! How did you get the Oscar? And he's gonna respond in his... Well, I don't know. Because <laughs> he still talks like that! <laughs> No, we can't bully him now. We have to bully him in the no, best actor conversation. <sighs> Fiona, who is going to win? Who will win the award for best cinematography? Um, I would say that All Quiet has a really good chance, or if they feel like sucking up to grandfather Roger Deakins' Empire of Light. But I feel like All Quiet is a good choice because I feel like most best picture movies... If they do not win Best Picture, they usually win at, like, at least one. And they, it's, I call them pity awards. Like, oh, you didn't get Best Picture, but I'll give you this one. 
so I feel like if it doesn't win best picture um I think it could pull a cinematography one I agree in that I see All Quiet on the Western Front as one of the top contenders in this category because it's a war movie. And they love giving war movies cinematography awards. I haven't seen the movie. I've heard good things, though, and I will be watching it. I'm sure the cinematography's great. That wasn't shade towards the movie. <laughs> it was more Academy shade, which we'll always be doing. Mm-hmm. we'll always be doing over here lots of academy shade over here okay let's calm down talk? yeah we're Check. gonna calm down a little bit we're gonna do let's some adapted screenplay you calm down <laughs> speak for <Yeah>. yourself <laughs> let's I say do adapted screenplay yeah adapted come on screenplay. and the nominees are um to preface Adapted screenplay counts anything that was um, adapted from a previous, or like a book, a play, and then also it counts any sequels, which I think is a very interesting thing. And so if you write um, a screenplay based on a pre-existing character, it automatically is put into the adapted category. So that's how some of these got here. Yes, Um, there are two, there's the adapted, there are two categories, there's the adapted category, and then the original Mm -hmm. category, which obviously goes without saying original screenplay. Yeah. That's just coming straight from your brain. It's not, it's not coming from anywhere else. I'll stop interrupting Fiona now. Fiona, read the nominations for Adapted Screenplay. Okay. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. I haven't seen any of these movies yet. So, Fiona, you're going to have to take the lead. I can take the one. floor. I can take yeah, the take floor. Yeah, take the floor. Do okay. it. Um, here are my thoughts. Um, obviously I have not seen All Quiet on the Western Front yet. I don't think it will get screenplay mostly because, um, it was, it's a, it's the movie, like, it's like a remake of the original film, I believe from 1930, I want to say. Um, and so I don't think they're going to give it screenplay now because it's, I'm guessing it's fairly similar to the original screenplay as it is a remake. Um, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. I think this was a pity nomination because they didn't nominate Glass Onion anywhere else and they felt bad that they ignored Knives Out the first time round. Um, I don't see it winning. Um, and also I don't, I think it was well written, but I don't think it's like doing anything spectacular. Um, I have not seen Living, but I'm very, I really want to because the script was written by Kazuo Ishiguro, which is an author I really, really, truly adore. So I'm very excited to see that because I think that's interesting. Um, Top Gun Maverick, I don't think... <laughs> who nominates Top Gun Maverick for best screenplay over best cinematography it's a joke that's an action movie we don't have to have a good screenplay I'm not I'm not gonna say it's a good screenplay because it's very average but the movie itself is very well made which is why it should be in cinematography and then Women Talking I think is the one I want to win in this category I think should win and I think will win because it's fully just them it really is just women talking i think it's very it raises a lot of really interesting questions about religion and power dynamics within religion um as well as um giving voices to women even though i did have a bit of an issue with the movie where they the screenplay does lend a lot of time to a male character which i don't really understand i thought that was strange yes emily i raised my hand because i don't want to interrupt (laughs) we'll cut that bit out um I have a question on women talking. Is that based on a play or is it based on a novel? Do you know? Um, it's based on a novel, I think, from a few years ago. 
so yeah I think it lends itself really well to being adapted into a movie because it's like it really is just them talking but everyone like they deliver the screenplay really well I think it's really well written like that's like I don't think it does anything amazing movie wise but it's just so well written that it makes the whole movie feel better and so I'm really hoping it wins and also Sarah Polly wrote it herself she's the writer director of the movie and I would love to see her win this because I think she deserves it yes yes I I agree isn't it crazy that women be talking and women talking Mm -hmm. I also do love when novelists will play a large role in the screen adaptations of their novels like I know I think we have different opinions on this one but I personally really enjoy the perks of being a wallflower the film version which was directed by the author of the novel which I also really enjoyed which I did read which I read first and I'm always scared when I go into movie adaptations because books are my little joys and I don't like to see them slandered and ruined, which happens. So yeah, I I do like to see that though. I didn't know that. It's very interesting. I think if I would have added anything in this category, I would have added She Said. I think She Said was phenomenal. I liked it more than Women Talking personally. And I think it is a shame that it was not recognized for adapted adapted screenplay because it's based on a book. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very sad and heartbreaking for me, but that's okay. I don't have any movies that I can think of where I was like, oh, that should have been nominated. I'll have some, oh, I have opinions when we get to original screenplay, but for adopted, no, I think I'm I'm sitting this category out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like the one woman hive for she said. I really love journalism movies and so like it just like clicked in my brain and it was like so satisfying to watch. And I love That's Carrie such... Mulligan. We love Carrie Mulligan. That's such a specific subgenre of movie. I they movie. get me. There's something about them like spotlight. Phenomenal. You oh. just sit there and you're in their little newsroom and they're like talking so fast just like me. <laughs> And they're just going, 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 and it's so much fun. And I love, like, the realization moments anyway. That's me about my journalism movies. I love them. Fiona, a journalism movie lover. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's great. Okay. Well, Original screenplay? The nominees are... The Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Thoughts, Emily, since I took over the last one. All good. I've seen two of these... I've seen Tar. I've seen everything everywhere all at once. And they're both really strong, really strong original screenplays. If I could add screenplays into this category, I would add Babylon. I thought that was a really strong screenplay. Say what you will, but I thought it was a very strong screenplay. I would add Nope as well. And Controversial opinion, I think, maybe, maybe controversial, maybe not controversial. I would, Pearl, there's a really strong monologue in that movie. It's like six minutes long, and it's brilliant. And it's, well, a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of Pearl's dialogue or monologue in that film is really strong and 
worthy of recognition. So if I could add into that, the Emily Brinko Oscars nominate Pearl for Best Original Screenplay. Well, I guess it would... No, that's a lie. It would be adapted screenplay. It's a because sequel. Because it's a sequel. Mm-hmm. Prequel. I didn't even think about that. Well, okay, if we could go back to the other one, <laughs> that's what I would do. Fiona, okay. what are your thoughts on this category? Um, I think it's really good. I've seen all of them. I think that they're all very strong. I, I mean, I'm just like, I want the Banshees of Inisherin to win the original screenplay very badly because I think it is the... It's a very good example of a dark comedy, and I think it balances all of the emotional beats with the comedic beats very, very well. And I would be, like, sobbing while laughing, you know? Like, it was just, like, it switched so well. And um, Martin McDonagh is a very good writer. He did he did In Bruges as well, and that was very well written. So I'm really... I want that to win, and I think it should win. I think... Um, I didn't see any like see anything fabulous in everything everywhere. Fablemans or Triangle of Sadness, like in my view for a screenplay. Um, I think Tar is like my would be my second choice for this category because Todd Field literally wrote this character out of thin air, and Lydia Tar feels like a real person, which is absolutely insane and also a testament to Kate Blanchett. But yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, that bit when you were saying that Lydia Tar feels like a real person. I so I study classical music. So I have a lot of friends who also study classical music and I have a few friends who've seen this movie as well. And we were just talking about how scarily accurate her character is, was written and performed again by Kate Blanchett. Um, just, oh, the accuracy, terrifying, truly terrifying. Any kid who studied classical music knows that there's just this there's always like big scary terrifying people leading your master classes and the way they speak the way they act the vocabulary that you they use ah it was yes i completely agree in that that was a really strong strongly written character and that's why i would choose it for my who i would like to win in this category, I think I loved everything everywhere all at once. I think if we look at screenplay specifically, I would I would pick Tar as my choice. Fiona, Banshees of Inisherin, you said. I think it has a very good chance of winning. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I don't really. I think Triangle of Sadness could take it if it's not getting Best Picture. You know, pity Oscar. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say Triangle Sadness, Banshees, and Tar would be like the three that I think are like most likely to win the category. But I want Banshees to win. I wouldn't be surprised if everything everywhere all at once took it. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked. Is that my pick? No. I wouldn't be shocked either, but I would be very frustrated with it winning this because I don't think it's an example of an incredible screenplay. I feel like the movie gets its strength from other parts. And I think Banshees and Tar are like extremely like they like that. The script is what makes it so good. And so, yeah, I would be pretty angry if um, those two, neither of those two won. (laughs) Yeah, that's valid. Um, Who's going to win? I would say Tar has a pretty good chance unless... Um, it randomly makes a surge for best picture. Cause, like I don't I don't see best picture and original screenplay being the same movie. 
So. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this is a pretty strong it's kind of a toss up. I can't say. Yeah. There are some categories where I'm like, oh, this person's going to win. Mm-hmm. Point blank. That's who's going to win. But no, I feel like I can't. It's it's like really strong. Like I don't. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I would be like upset if certain things didn't win, but also like not like outraged, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, next after screenplay, um, best director category is Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin. Um, the Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Osland um, for Triangle of Sadness. I have some very strong opinions about this category. And the zero women in it? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, mine was not about the women part, but I will get mine out of the way first and then we can have that discussion. Um, I think that personally i need to rewatch everything everywhere all at once because while i did think it was a good movie i am just not getting the hype around it like i truly do not see this as the best film of the year like it just didn't click for me and i wish it did so i think i have to rewatch um so personally i need martin mcdonough to win because the banshees of inishirin is one of my favorite movies now i think it is so well directed and he has such a good vision i don't know if the movie like rests all on his directing though and so i think um i would also like to see uh steven spielberg win this just because the fablemans was so um close to his heart you know and i think it's close to my heart too it's just such a personal movie and so i think i want martin to win i think steven spielberg should win but i can see the daniels taking this for everything everywhere I see the Daniels taking this easily, and I think it's a deserved win for them. I, Fiona and I have like have had very different experiences with this movie. I think I, th- I don't think it clicked as- with Fiona as much as it clicked with me, or not cl- maybe clicks not the right word. We just had different like kind of mm-hmm. viewing opinions on it, which is fine. That's what movies are. I, however, think that this is just an excellent example of clean and great directing. You have a film that's as crazy, bonkers, like insane as everything, everywhere, all at once. There's so many visuals and so many sounds and like, but also really well-developed characters and well-developed universes. That's, That's a difficult task to achieve. And in my opinion, everything goes together really well. Where it could feel, I think it would be it would be easy for a film like that to feel out of place and all over the place, but in in a really bad way. It would be really easy for a movie like that to just be out of order and not be as poignant as it was because of the strong directing in it. And... That's my bit on that. I will say, though, that it is, to me, unacceptable to have a category with zero women, with specifically in directing. I, I just don't think that's acceptable in this day and age. And I hear a lot of people, we have this conversation, be like, okay, well, we shouldn't just be nominating women because they're women. And I totally agree with that. I don't think you should be nominating a woman for directing just because you need a woman in there. 
I am, however, saying that women will have their films in several other categories in the Academy Awards, like of recent memory, I think of Little Women, nominated for how many categories that year? A lot. Acting categories, adapted screenplay, costume, all of that is decided on by the director. At the end of the day, a movie, all the puzzle pieces of a movie are put together by the director. And the fact that she, Greta Gerwig was not nominated for that, but all of the other aspects of her film were, nonsense. I can't say bad words, so it's nonsense. <laughs> and that's my take. That's my take on that. Yeah, I think I have that issue too, not just like with female directors, but I think sometimes, like I, my example would be Dune, Denis Villeneuve made every executive decision on that film and every decision got nominated except for his directing, which I thought was like literally horrific. I don't know how you ignore him. Um, one of the best technically made movies and he was ignored, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't think Sarah Polly should have been in this category. Women Talking was very good and it was very strongly directed and she had to have, she had so many actresses pulling on, like going on each other at all times, you know, like they were just like going back and forth and she had to control all of that and make it feel like a solid conversation. And so she did a really good job. So she should have been in this. Also, I want my She Said Hive. Um... I can't remember the name of the woman who directed it, but I know she also directed the Unorthodox show that you... Is it called Unorthodox? Yeah. The show that you love, Emily? I love Unorthodox. Oh my god, I didn't know she directed that. I'm, don't quote me on that, but I'm like fairly certain I'm right. <laughs> she said she said was directed by Maria Schrader, and she also directed Unorthodox. There we go. So I think she should have been this category. Um, and also... I only watched this recently, but I already know that it needs to be here. Charlotte Wells should have been nominated for Best Direction for After Sun. For a first-time director, I don't, I don't understand how you can just randomly direct a movie and have it be that good, like, right off the bat. Like, it is so fantastic, and it feels so incredibly real, and she should have been nominated for that because it was incredible. But, yeah. Um, I don't really know how they keep doing that, truly. Like, I don't understand how you can just pretend that no women made movies the whole year um, or decide to nominate them for everything but director. Um, mm -hmm. So the last two years, we've had female directors win. Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Um, and then the year before that, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Yeah. Um, I would agree with one of those wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully next year we get some more women in the category, but also I am highly doubting it because Christopher Nolan, um, David Fincher, Denis Villeneuve, are, and Wes Anderson are all making giant movies next year. And that is four people already, and there are only five spots in the category. Greta Gerwig Barbie nomination? That would be kind Put of fun. Barbie in there. But also, yeah, I don't see this changing next year based on what I've seen that's coming out, like the slot late for next year yeah which is goofy it's goofy but also like i will not lie and tell you that i am absolutely outraged because those are some of my favorite directors and i want them to be recognized <laughs> they're, yeah they're your favorite directors and they get to be recognized because people are more willing to fund their projects yeah and that's simply because they are men mm -hmm. 
And you know that. And I, I know do know that. that. And we I all know, know that. that. It's mm-hmm. just, a, it's just a sad, yeah. it's a shitty reality. It sucks. It's really bad. You thought you could come to the Film Girlies podcast without us talking about sexism? No. You're dumb. You're silly for thinking that. Because It sucks, but also Denis Villeneuve, Best Director, Oscars 2023. <laughs> I don't care. He needs Side to eye. win, Emily. He needs to Side win. Eye. He deserves it so much. Anyway, let's move on. Should we do our acting categories? Um, we're going to make the men go f- first, and, or the men go first and the women can be our shining ones. So we're going to do actor in a supporting role first. Because mm-hmm. women deserve to have their spot saved till the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. You know, the faves. Anyway, actor in a supporting role. We have Kei Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Barry Keegan for The Banshees of Inishirin, Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans, Brian Tyree Henry, Causeway, and Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inishirin. It's a really yeah. strong category. It's a great um, category. I do question Judd Hirsch being in here when it should have been Paul Dano for the Fablemans because Judd Hirsch had like one or like one scene. And honestly, I didn't feel it was that. Like, yes, it was important to the narrative, but also he wasn't like incredible off the charts of me saying. Paul Dano, however, gives a very good performance in that movie. Um, and I think he should have been nominated here, but that's just me. Um, Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keegan for The Banshees of Inishirin are both phenomenal picks for this category. Foul to put them against each other, but like they're both fantastic in the movie. Barry Keegan brought me to tears. So I am just a Barry Keegan fan in general. I really enjoyed his performance in... Have you seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer yet? Not yet. Barry Keegan and Jacob Elordi are starring in Emerald Fennell's new movie, The Director of Promising Young Woman. Do you know how hot that movie's gonna be, Emily? Really Emerald Fennell understands me. Like, to my core, she knows what I want in a movie, and I trust her wholeheartedly to make Barry Keegan and Jacob Elordi really, really sexy in that movie. I'm so excited. Um, and then I talked about most of them, but not Kei Hui Kwan. Um, I think that his performance was also very strong in the movie i'm gonna be real um i haven't i watched everything every all once when it like, closer to when it came out and so i don't have the greatest memory of it and it did not leave a lasting impression on me clearly so i don't remember much of it um and so i do like i'm happy for all of its nominations but i don't like quite remember what like the performances that like got them here because other movies just like I watch a lot of movies, and I've probably watched over a hundred since la- I first saw this one. Um, and a lot of those movies stuck with me more than this. And so I'm going to be very honest that it is my own fault. I do need. To, I think I am going to revisit it before the Oscars because I want to be on the Everything Everywhere train. Um, but I just can't be because I've like I've seen so many other things that I loved a lot more since then. All aboard the choo choo train! <laughs> Get on the train. <laughs> I'm, I'll do my train. best. I'm doing my best. It's just been a while. But get on the hype train. They can't make a movie about sad Irish people and pretend like I'm not going to be in love with it. Why do you care about sad Irish people? I know because the movie's it's more so than good. that. I love yet to see it. But sad Irish people? I'm a sad Irish person. Are you Irish? Yes! I didn't know this. I thought you were just like white. <laughs> 
Scottish, but yeah, there's a castle in Ireland called the Donnelly Castle. So the Donnelly, yep. I mean Donnelly, yeah. In in retrospect, it does kind of sound like an Irish. Yeah. Name. Anyway, what anyway, is your opinion on the actors as supporting role nominations? Great category. I've only seen one. Kihue Kwan, so I can't really give an opinion. I would like to see the award go to him. I love Barry Keegan. If it went to him despite the fact I haven't seen his performance on this movie yet, I also wouldn't be mad about it. Who is gonna win? I think ki Kwan is a good contender. He did win the Globe. So. I think he's kind of just like a shoe-in unless someone decides mm-hmm. that um, Barry or Brendan did better. I'm on first name basis with everybody, actually. Barry and Brendan. <laughs> I do this Barry all the time. Um, yeah. I think I would really like to see... I loved Barry's performance, but I think it is. I think he will have his time. I don't think it is his time to win an Oscar yet. I think he will have his time, and I'm very excited for when that time comes. I agree. He's behind me, isn't he? 